Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. We're glad you joined us. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. We appreciate you joining us today where we talk about everything from sports to pop culture. Um, it's all stuff that we would talk about sipping a beer, having lunch. So no sponsor influence. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep it that way for a minute. Sorry, my button slipped, but we're going there. Anyways. It's time for politics. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> well... Great transition, kind of ish. Um, I I do want to talk about General Colin Powell, Secretary Colin Powell. Um, he and I, I guess I I missed the lexicon change. I I've said he's died several times, but he passed away. Um, I mean, I think both are fine. It's yeah. People keep using a different word, and I'm like, I need to get a different dictionary. But I, I don't know. Die feels like such a permanent think, thing well yeah well death um, typically is it is no, it's not but the word die i think because of like the the hard d just has like a i don't know it's like a very abrupt word where it passes you know or past for some reason mm-hmm. just feels more anyways not really the point of this conversation yeah. um i i think colin powell is an american hero He's, you know, there's there's a few people where I would say they're American heroes, and uh, he's one of them, um, including the barriers he broke to get to the position he was able to achieve in life. Those are great, but they're secondary to his actual leadership. Um, I read an article today just because the headline was, I wanted to read it to see what the point was. Um, there's there's detractors out there that say he was a, a, a mass murderer and he failed in uh, Operation Desert Storm. It, we, we don't give those same. Um, it, I guess we don't we don't connect those same dots to McCarthy and other generals in our past. So right. I, I think they're very unfair. Uh, but I think, he, you know, my opinion and probably. And maybe the bias of the people I would associate with, I think, was a noble, honorable man. And um, my biggest concern is there's not leaders to fill the gaps of a Colin Powell. Um, it, it was hard for you know, I, I don't do the whole like you know, in memorandum of anybody because that's just not who I am. But yeah, I, I think he led a pretty good and honorable public and private life from what I can tell. So, um, and. The thing I'm stuck on is there's no, yeah, I don't see anybody to fill those shoes. So, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. You know, um, I mean, I think I personally became, you know, like familiar with Colin Powell, like a lot of people probably my age, um, when he was selected as the Secretary of Defense for um, President George W. Bush. And, um, you know, there's a lot of history with that, right? Um, the whole weapons of mass destruction stuff and him testifying in Congress. and um, But it was one of those things where I think you look at what he did for the rest of his life and the rest of his career and the mm-hmm. fact that when given the opportunity, like, 
he didn't vote for Donald Trump. Uh, (laughs) 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 And so I think, like, on on one hand, like, yeah, that's... (laughs) That in and of itself is a fairly honorable thing. Um, but I wholeheartedly agree that I think part of what is sorely lacking in our current um, version of our government is real leadership, you know, and, and what has been lacking for some time. And, right. you know, I I think he would even probably agree, right? He, that's not saying that he always did everything right or that he never looked back and second guessed or, you know, or had, you know, reservations about things that had occurred under his watch. But I think like that's, again, the sign of a true leader, somebody who doesn't who doesn't just rest on what they've done and say, well, whatever I did was right because I did it. You know, right. um, I think in most cases it's a I made the best decision I could with the knowledge that I had. I mean, something that we've talked about repeatedly on this podcast and oftentimes that's all you can do. I mean, you you don't have, you know, clairvoyance, you don't have the ability to see into the future or x-ray vision to see through walls. So you're, you're going on the information that you have in front of you. And, um, Oh, I, uh, I had the, I guess, honor of getting to hear him speak in person. Um, and, in San Francisco several years ago. And it was one of the most captivating presentations that I've ever sat through. It was something that I didn't go into expecting to necessarily enjoy, not because I didn't, you know, I, I just didn't know what it was going to be. You know, it's like right. it, it, I had no idea what he was going to talk about, but he spent almost the entire time focused on what we've just said, like leadership. You know, what makes true leadership? How do you lead other people um and you know i don't remember any like specific things that he said but i do remember walking away from that feeling so impressed with the man and the things that he was able to help me to recognize that i hadn't noticed before (coughs) (coughs) cough tag i know right <laughs> so, uh, good night. <laughs> uh, Wolf Blitzer did kind of a, uh, a a little, I guess, some recorded thing, and how there's a lot of reasons why I relate to Colin Powell. Like, in, you know, I talk about superheroes, right? It's not like the fact it, that you guys have the same last name, though. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'm sorry, just... but. But you'd be surprised at how many times people actually ask that, right? Uh, sure. I, ironically, my grandfather on my dad's side is from Jamaica, mm-hmm. uh, and Jamaica is not a very big place. So there's a possibility sure. that that the somehow Powell's, there's a there's yeah. a connection there. But it's but irrelevant. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's it's like yeah, I don't ever want to like I I don't deserve that honor. Basically, if I have always looked at um, you make your mark by yourself, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, ultimately, like, what does Colin Powell's legacy have, you know, like, what impact does that have on your life other than than what you observe from him, right? Like, being related right. to him doesn't change anything about who you are or, you know, like, what you've done with your life. So I mean, I, there are people I, I'm related to I just don't want to rock with. So sure. it's like... <laughs> so. I think we all have some of those things in our lives. <laughs> hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Aunt Carol. So. <laughs> if you're listening, which you're not, which is why you're not on... List. Mm. <laughs> but, 
I don't wow. have an Aunt Carol, just so okay. everybody knows. But to say, man, <laughs> you put her business out just like that. Um, it, I found it interesting that, you know, when people would ask him, he would always say, uh, he's proud. he was proud to be a New Yorker. I'm proud to be a New Yorker. I'm, I'm so far removed from living in New York, but I'm so proud to be a New Yorker. That's like um, me in California. Yeah, that's just safe to be proud of. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's not, uh, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's from the Bronx and, you know, grew up in Harlem and I, I'm, you know, I lived in Harlem. So there are things where it's like, they're, they're important to me, but what's important to me is how we, how we, he was a true leader. Um, he, he was able to uh, get people to think about things that they, for whatever reason, their bias or their, their policy or their politics they typically would you know argue against and i've always admired his ability to do that especially now, being one of the softest speaking people in the room i mean he is not like yeah. you know a forceful loud type of person and that was the other thing that i think always kind of um made me appreciate somebody in that role who was that way who was who was able to lead quietly with a you know a calm demeanor that i think in a lot of ways inspires calmness in the other people in the room right and a sense of control a sense of cadence and those are things that um and now i don't model my life after colin powell but i can see the similarities where i'm like oh that makes sense and that's a proven that that tactic is proven or that belief is proven because it's helped him to, you know, bridge some big, big gaps. Yeah. So, you know, I implore our country to um, think differently about the things that we say we hold true. Um, and, and not to disrespect the memory of Colin Powell. But one thing I've been, I was thinking about today was you know, we have this theory of American exceptionalism. I think it's a myth. <laughs> um, sorry. yeah <laughs> I, it is. I think that but it's also a rhetoric and uh, a stance that a lot of leaders take especially yeah. in politics that we're exceptional we're not exceptional we, we're the type of country that learned from others mistakes if you look at the founding of this country and we we pulled a lot of things that didn't work in other systems for, throughout europe yeah. And we didn't. We did not incorporate them. It doesn't make us exceptional. It makes us normal. Right. It's right? not like we turned the entire governing body on its head. Right. These were not completely foreign concepts. I mean, you had democracy and republics in Greece and Rome and throughout right. history. You know, and yeah, like basically the founding fathers and the people who helped to to establish the government in this country sat down and said, well, we don't like this stuff, so we're going to yeah. leave this out and this out and this out. And we think that basically this will work. But what they also did, right, was they created the Elastic Clause, right? Creating something that essentially allowed for the the ebb and flow of opinion and time and all of that that allows us to modernize the government as we go through. Now, I think to some degree, right, we've gotten to a point where the, the government itself has become so large and so bureaucratic that that modernization becomes extremely tedious, right? Right. Um, but still, like, I'm with you in that, like, we, we didn't discover democracy, <laughs> you know? Like, we didn't invent it. Um, right. 
we just we and, put our own and spin I, on it. Yeah, and I I mean I think to some degree the the jury is still out as to whether or not it's ultimately going to be successful, right? Uh, but that's it but has been a, to an extent thus far, right? That's the real that's the reality that we we struggle with as a country. Yeah, uh, even to tie it into, uh, and let me let me end it by saying this to the to the Powell family, uh, your father, your husband, your brother, your uncle, whatever he was to you, he is an American treasure, and thank you for sharing him with us as a country. Um, very notable person. And I want to leave it at that because I, you know, he made a statement to uh, Bob, Bob Woodward who interviewed him before he passed. And he said, don't feel sorry for me. Um, and I don't like, I don't, I find myself not feeling sorry for anybody that dies. It's like, Hey, you had a good run. You know, yeah. the, the things you, that you decided to do, you did, or you didn't do. So let's celebrate that. Um, so, I, I would say for what it's worth, um, from a Powell that is not like not in that realm. Hey, he was a hero to me, not a role model, but a hero. And he gave me a lot of things I aspire to do at the end of my time. So 84 years is a, it's a hell of a run to make yes. a mark on not just this country, but the world job well done. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the rough part is, you know, it, it's it, we we look at the we look at our 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 two party system and there's an argument to have a three party system um but there's contingents in 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 both parties right you've got the the trumpians and you've got the 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 last remaining people in the GOP trying to hold down the fort they're going to they're not going to they're going to probably get snuffed out if i'm being honest um it's going to cause it's going to cause the formation of the third party or if not four um, yeah one way or the, the other right whether the trumpians kind of split off from the gop and those become two separate groups um which or you know that the 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 uh, that the Trumpians take over the GOP and any reasonable conservatives splinter off and form their own group. Um, but yeah, I think you are that one of two things is likely to happen, right? Either a centrist group forms at some point that tries to pull in people from the middle, which we've acknowledged multiple times is the largest cross section of America at this point. Um, or you end up with the two parties splitting and forming their extremist wings, essentially, out of that, leaving the less extreme parties to kind of head back towards the middle ever so slightly. But, um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that I think we could do to improve the way that the elections and stuff are done in terms of, like, rank voting, I think, would be something that I would be interested in introducing as opposed to uh, you pick one person kind of deal, you know? Right. Um, I think that would help in introducing additional parties and helping to diversify. But there is a there's an extent there's or there's a point where that provides diminishing returns. Right. Like if we have 500 political parties. And 500 people running for president. Is that 
a better situation than what we have right now, right? There's no way that all 500 of those people are the most qualified individuals. And not to say that the people that we've been electing are always the most qualified right. individuals, right? Well, like, I fully you have recognize two, that, but... You have two things in our notes where that kind of... Uh, that kind of... It balloons the issue, right? So the GOP is help, being held hostage by Donald Trump. Yeah, Don, Donald Trump is on many fronts like embattled like if he he's can, telling republicans not to vote i mean <laughs> but herschel walker came out and said no we should vote and you know that's not the right way to, but no offense to him actually i'm not gonna, i'm not gonna <laughs> don't say after what you told us said last week <laughs> yeah. i'm not gonna qualify that with like a disclaimer yo the the Trump Republican Party, remember, if everybody remembers, if, if people like put on their thinking caps, Donald Trump supported the Clintons for years. He supported the Democrats for years. He is not a Republican. No. He is the he is the main one in his definition of a rhino, Republican in name only. Which is why he's he goes out of his way to call everybody else that. Yeah, he's a he's the poster boy of it. Um People have yet to show me one thing he's done as president that was beneficial to the country. One. Just one. I'm not asking for a lot. Nope. I'm not asking about partisanship. I'm asking about give me one policy that he did that worked. And nobody can do it. I did hear that um, his health care plan will be rolled out in the next two weeks, though. <laughs> No, well, I mean, what did he do? He gave a permanent tax break to the rich, and he gave a extremely a short Americans temporary 3. tax 3. break trillion to everybody else that expires yeah. this year. And then, what did he also do, right? He, uh, during the pandemic, he uh, stopped making companies pay their taxes, right, on, on um, employment wages, basically. Right. And then held the, tried to hold the country hostage by saying, either elect me or prepare to pay those next year. <laughs> yeah, you're going to pay payroll taxes <laughs> with interest. Like, what? Um, I, I just think it's – I'm glad Steve Bannon, they're, they're actually going to move forward to um, uh, present information to the House to hopefully present it to the DOJ so it could be held in, in contempt of Congress. Um, Why does it have to be that complicated? I don't understand. Like, the man has directly refused a legal subpoena to appear. I mean, I if if I received a summons to go to court, right, the, the House of Representatives in my state doesn't have to vote to say that I have to go <laughs> whether or not I'm in contempt, right? Because... Y yes, and I I do I understand that it's not it's not a legal trial in that sense, right? It's but it a is a legal case. subpoena. I mean, a subpoena yes. is a legal <laughs> document that says you have to appear and present these documents. And to this point, his lawyers, Trump's lawyers, Trump himself, Steve Bannon, none of these people have been able to actually make the case that executive privilege applies to what they're asking for. They've claimed well, that it does. The problem is the uh, obstructionists in the GOP. Like, I well, understand the, their the problem I is, is that Bannon not showing up 
adds viewers to his podcast. And uh, that's, that's what he's second. right. That's ans- that's ancillary. The the issue that they have is they are the Republican Party, the GOP, depends on the 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 base or, or the loud part of their base that's like twenty three percent of their of their constituents. Right. Um that twenty three to twenty four percent base will make or break them winning elections. They're not even going after the majority of their of their constituents. They're going after like less than a quarter of their constituents. But that's because the rest of their constituents are already going to vote that way, right? No. Isn't that what that essentially boils down? Because then why would you go after it, the because small portion? If you look at the margins of how they win or lose elections, yeah, it's based on that margin. It's not based on the whole. It's based on that. But if, specific... if you're courting 25% of your voting uh, base and alienating 75%, I, that's this is what I keep coming back to. I don't understand how this is a winning strategy. Like because I, I'm going to give you a um, gosh, I, and, and I may just maybe there, I'm just missing something here. But. Suge- okay, here's the best example: suggestive selling. Right when you go to AutoZone or Advance Auto, you can never just check out with what you purchased. Right, they're trying to get you to buy something else. Right, right. So if I can increase your average check by, you know, 10%, and I do that consistently throughout the day, mm-hmm. I probably made 30% more in sales on same customer sales, basically. Well, shouldn't you make That's 10% the same... more? Well, be... <laughs> I'm not looking at... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you know, what I, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. So it's an easy way to get people that were already going to do something to do something additional. Right. It's the impulse buy stuff that you're, that you stand in yeah. line, you know, while you're standing in line at Ross and TJ Maxx in the grocery store, right? It's the gum. It's the drinks. It's all, it's the magazines, right? I have right. time to kill. I'm sitting here and what am I doing? Oh, I'm reading the cover of this magazine. I mean, I do it when I go to the grocery store, I scan the covers just to roll my eyes and go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. <laughs> so it's not, it's not by, it's, it's not by, they're not missing the point. They understand that same principle because okay. the the that base, that's their upsell. But you're not getting people to vote twice. I mean, in some cases they you're are. Getting, but... you're, you're getting them to vote plus influence people around them plus to get people to go to the polls. Now, the people going to the polls may like may not work in their favor. But if they're committed to that one choice and they can convince somebody else to commit to that choice, they're winning. It's not the way that people. I don't think. I don't believe it's the way that people are, are, are looking at it. Is what they're trying to do. I think it's no. If I can get that twenty five percent to be the part of the you know three point spread, I win the election. That's mm-hmm. awesome. But I also they also bring along somebody else to vote with them. So they're they're actually doing a very successful marketing campaign. I still. I I guess I. It's uh... hard to. It's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard to believe, but I've I've been thinking about it. But there's no other reason to go to less than twenty five percent of the voting block. Yeah, I mean, and that's I. That's why I think I have struggled right in understanding why they keep doing this because I I still, no offense, but even after your explanation, I still don't really understand. I mean, yeah, you get this twenty five percent, you get one other person, okay, but. If it's it, even if you double that twenty five percent to fifty percent of your voting base, and and I know the problem is is that what they're 
courting the 25% with is also not driving away the other 75%, right? Right. Because the other 75% says, okay, yeah, I don't necessarily think that the election was stolen. I don't think that vaccines have microchips in them. And I don't think that I don't believe in QAnon, but I don't like abortion and I want to keep my guns. Sure. Right. Now, I, mean, like, I don't, I, it comes back I don't to have, the one issue voter stuff like we talked about last time. Or I don't have the line item. Yeah. Right. I don't have the line. I don't have the line items to see where those votes sway. But I'm pretty confident that it makes up the the margins they win elections in. Yeah. I'm pretty confident. I mean, it's, and that's it's, just it. I understand what you're saying, right? They got crushed by Obama, by President Obama, in two elections essentially. And when right. they won with Trump, they went, "Holy cow!" There's this tiny but untapped portion of our voting base that we didn't even know existed. We just weren't getting them out to vote. Right. And all we have to do is continue to say the crazy stuff that this dude said and apparently take it even further. And we're going to see how long we can ride this out. Yep. Now, I, I, I go back to what we said episodes ago. That play will work for 10 or 15 years. It really will. It will work in terms of getting people to the polls. But will it work in terms of electing officials? It, yes, it'll work for. T- I believe it'll work for ten to fifteen years. I I sincerely believe. So you think that we have an, another <laughs> like six to nine years or six to eleven years of this crap that we have to put up with? I think we have like two or three cycles of of where we have to work. You know, work through this. I I do not like. I was sit, I, in at lunch today. I was like, oh crap, that math works out. And if that math continues to work out, if you look at all the the school board battles and X, Y, Z, that math works out to where until people start to really feel the impact of and the consequences of their choices. Sure. That's literally two or three like election election cycles, which is the other problem, right? That most of the people who are voting in this case aren't being impacted by the things that they are voting on. Right. Right, the, the reasons that they're voting. These are people who are not going out to get abortions. These are not people who want guns taken away. Right. These are things where they feel like, oh, as long as these people are in charge, I get to keep doing whatever I'm doing. And whatever other people have to deal with, that's their problem. You know, because yep. that's not me. And that's, I mean, that's in the political spectrum where it feels like things have gotten so incredibly, I mean, and not just political, but in general. It feels like things have gotten so self-centered and so self-focused. Like, how selfish can you be that that's the only thing you think about is how this ultimately is going to impact you? Well, I mean, it's human nature, right? Sure, Um, but we fight human nature on a daily basis. Chris, but here's my thing. This is what keeps me sane in most areas. Race for impact. Like you can't you can't not expect to get hit in a fight, right? right? Which and is why I, just, what... I stay out of fights. <laughs> but it's also it's stupid because you're already in that you're already in that confrontation. It's already happening to you. And if you can't figure out, okay, how do I get two or three moves ahead? How do I at least counter something? You're gonna get sloppy, and I think that's what our country's doing, right? Uh, and we keep leaning on the extremes on, on both sides, left and right. Yeah. And I'm telling you that the GOP strategy is not necessarily 
it's not an ineffective strategy because it's working. It's not the right thing to do for the the the, the, the total, right? It's not right. the right th thing to do for everybody, but it works. So I think until people start to realize that, um, yeah, that's what they're doing. <laughs> And, and we're trying to like dodge, like, you know, Manchin saying, you know, let's take out uh, clean energy from the infrastructure. Oh, I can't bill. imagine why he feels like that should be taken out of it. Yeah. Never I mind mean, the fact he, that he's raking in millions of dollars every year on his freaking coal stocks. Yeah. I mean, until we start to recognize and stop, stop messing with, uh, with West Virginia, they are non-starter. They are non-player. I don't need them. Let's focus on races that we can actually make the conversation, not even right. red or blue state, but make it competitive to where it forces people that are running for office to be concerned about the, the concerns of the many. And I that's what Georgia, people, right? Yeah. That's become a purple state now. Yeah. And it's not, a, it's not about being like, stop focusing on things you can't control. Like that's that's literally it. It's like, dude, West Virginia. Yeah. I, I watched a uh, a report. They've had floods. They've had all types of natural disasters, and the question was asked. Well, if we you know, if we put things in place to institute you know things to control control our health with climate change, and you have to get rid of coal, they're like, let it burn down, let it flood. Right. Hey, that's on you. Let's let's move on. Let's move on from West Virginia. Um, and I, I think it'd be great if Trump, like. Fell into a coal mine? Jeez, man. I, I'm sorry. Gosh. Yo, dude's not even like Willie Falcone or anybody. He's nobody important, but he no. keeps skating off of like all types of legit like criminal offenses well he's trying um he now no, has... he's not trying he, no, 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 he's no, no, you're right work. you're right he has he has he's escaped so far and i i mean i'm look uh, as much as i would love to believe that the shoe the other shoe will eventually drop for donald trump my guess is that that dude dies long before anything actually happens to him and i'm okay with that i mean yeah like it's it is what it is i've <laughs> i've resigned myself to that at this point you know like <laughs> That the truth is, if you have a sh ton of money and any amount of influence in this country, you don't really play by the same rules as everybody else. Fair, yeah, right. I mean, then that's, um, you know, he's got a ton of civil lawsuits that are now, you know, coming up because they were stuff that he delayed for five years while he was running for president, basically saying, "Well, I'm a sitting president; you can't sue me." Just literally, never. The dumbest thing I've ever yeah. heard. In my life. Um, but yeah, so now he's going to have to deal with that and they got depositions coming out. And so it'll be curious, I guess, just to see if anything actually interesting happens there. But I'm, I'm still like, I'm not convinced that they're actually going to do anything, you know, like this guy's not going to go to jail. They're not going to put a former president in jail, even for the insurrection. They're not going to put any of these Congress people in jail. They're not going to be consequences for these people. Well, I, I want to answer his question or his, um, Actually, was it wasn't a question. He said he hopes the thing, same thing happens for him, where people celebrate, or as people were celebrating uh, Colin Powell. And I'm going to tell you the answer is no. They they are not. Well, there will be a celebration, but it'll be yeah very different. Ding yeah. dong, the witches. <laughs> <go, 
I might even host a party. I mean, I like mean, that's look, how much. Uh, we had a podcast, right, that was titled "We're Not Here to Celebrate Somebody's Death," right, or something, they, something along those lines. And we should we have to change that title. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly still feel that way. Like, I am not going to cheer just because Donald Trump passes eventually or dies. I don't know why I'm being nice to him. Um, but I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be like, man, we lost a hero today. You know? And especially after the shit that he said about Colin Powell. I, I'll be honest. I mean, not that I wasn't uh, not that I was surprised, right? Dude, I was hoping he, he would shut up. But he did the I exact same thing to John McCain, right? Yeah. Like, Dude passed, and he was like, yeah, well, he should have voted for my stuff. Then maybe he'd still be alive. I know he didn't really say that, but that was essentially the the tone. And, be, yeah, I mean, all because Colin Powell didn't vote for him and didn't like him. Did, within 24 hours of the guy dying from a disease that you could have helped stop, you got to freaking talk trash because that's all you know how to do. I'll say this. I'm not going to mourn or pacify evil. Um, and yeah. I think that I, I still put Donald Trump on the same level of a, as a Mussolini, as a, I mean, you pick a dictator. Right. I put, I put him on the same level. I Hitler. I mean, that when I think of Donald Trump, that's right. the association I, mean, like, I have. It's close. I don't know that him and Hitler are quite on the same level, but I do. I know. I understand exactly what you're saying. I do. I do. I mean, Hitler didn't go in like, you know. No, I know. I know. Then, right? Like, he lost the first time and came yep. back. And that wasn't, yeah. So I understand. And I, I'm just saying to this point. I, I disagree with He that. didn't build gas chambers. No, I I disagree. I think he huh. is on the same level of Mussolini or Hitler. I, and I think I see, that... like a Mussolini, I could probably get behind. But oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a Franco, you know? Yeah. All right, uh, Queen okay. Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not Kim Jong Il. Well, we Kim Jong Un. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to give him. I don't want him to be like, oh, I gotta like be on Hitler. No, he's like to me, like he's just as evil. Like he's evil. Yeah, like, he is a personification of evil in my mind. Um, I I hear his voice, and he sounds like a Weasley eighth grader. Um, he acts so. You know what I don't like about politicians? They act so tough on TV. Yeah, that that's like that's a meet me outside moment yeah. for me it's like say that to my face that's you know when we still had duels occurring in congress that was when this government still knew how to run <laughs> nowadays you can't shoot anybody outside the steps of congress that's just, unless you're shame. in texas well yeah Way to go, let's texas. talk about pop <laughs> let's talk about oh no what oh speaking about texas yeah. ted cruz got shut down by australia Oh, I didn't see this. Enlighten me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So uh, he made a statement, and I'm paraphrasing here because I really don't care what Ted Cruz says. Um, Australia, especially the Norman, nor northern part of the country, was trying to institute, institute mandates. 
And Ted Cruz chimes in. Oh, Liberty, we've always considered you the Texas of the Pacific. And the uh, minister of, of Australia says, hey, did you know that like 70,000 people died in Texas? We've had zero cases in our, in our region. Yeah. And just roasted him. Nice. And he goes, you know, I'm skipping a few lines. He says, uh, and we love Texas. Go Longhorns. That's what, in, in parentheses. Yeah. He goes, but we don't need your lectures. <laughs> I was like, yo, <laughs> go Australia. I love that. Thank you, Australia. Ted Cruz needed yeah. that. So did we. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give a, a a special segment for Australia after this episode. So uh you guys can play this on loop. Right, let's talk about <laughs> pop culture. Pop culture. So I don't know if everybody has realized this yet, but that's my voice. For all of the bumps, like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the... But I like I like to slow it down or, like, change it ever so slightly when I'm doing the... When yeah, I was doing those. My, yeah. That's not my skill set. That's actually pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, when it comes to pop culture, uh, we went to go see Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, this weekend. Um, I, I know you didn't like it. You were not excited about the trailer. I thought the first trailer looked kind of funny. Um, but as usual, I went into this movie with zero to no expectations. That's, that's um, so unfair. The first half of the movie still managed to disappoint, even with no expectations. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so choppy, so discombobulated. Like there was just no harmony to what was going on. It was like. This happens. This happens. This happens. Okay, here's the story we actually wanted to tell. But the whole <laughs> first half of the movie was just set up to get you there. Um, and I, it just... The, the, the second half flowed really nice and was actually, like, enjoyable to watch. I'm not going to say it was good, right? But, like, it felt much better than the first half of the movie. And so I was like, okay... But ultimately, it's all just a – all it really – I swear, you could have skipped the whole movie and just shown the, the post-trailer, the post-credit scene. That's what the oh, whole God. movie was, basically. Because all it is is introducing Venom coming to the MCU. <sighs> like, that's – and the whole movie was basically like, we had this story from the previous one that we kind of teased with Woody Harrelson that we want to tell – but ultimately, we have to get to this point. And so how we get there isn't really important. What we do Thanks, in between, Sony. not important. Um, Venom, like the character of Venom, I did not enjoy nearly as much uh, this time around. Like, they made him way too goofy, I think. Like, <laughs> there were moments that were kind of, but most of it was just kind of like, I get why you thought that'd be funny, but you should have realized that it's just going to fall flat. Like. Um, and then there were a bunch of like logic things that started to bug me. Um, Christy kind of explained some of them. So I do I like, cause like Venom oh, started so switching into other people and stuff like that. So like, she's a superhero nerd I should be talking to. Yeah. No, she probably knows more about it than I do. Um, but huh. yeah, so like, it, I mean, again, on a scale of one through five, 
Ooh, that is probably a one. I mean, maybe like a one and a half. I'm, I'm not like I'm not intentional. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not. I'm. This is just my honest opinion. I did not think it was a good movie. Like I would not watch that movie again. It's not. And it's that's... not worth the time. There just wasn't. There wasn't anything that I watched and was like. So much of it was so predictable, or right. it just was like stop jumping around. Like just tell a story, pick a story and tell it. And they just didn't really want to do that. And thanks, Sony. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's could a Sony. It, could problem. Marvel and Kevin Feige and Disney have done a better job with that? Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But obviously, what? like the point was to try and connect it to. I don't know. Like I. It makes me think that Sony's about to lose all the rights to uh, those properties. They are. Absolutely. I mean, Marvel is doing everything they can, or it's a like we're going to let them take it back because we don't want to go Keep down the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, because um, because Mar- Fox licenses those rights from Marvel to begin with, right? Like no, those Sony. are all Marvel ca- or Sony, yeah. So Sony licenses yeah, so- all of those characters from Marvel, so they're already paying Marvel to make those movies. Yeah, I I think that um, I I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna wait. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like Tom Tom Holland. Oh, I told you, like yeah, those those trailers make me want to wait. Um, it's like Tom Holland saying that after No uh, Way Home, Spider-Man, that's his no, last Spider-Man. Yeah, he's not sure if he's going to be, you know. And I agree because I think those movies are they're good, but they're not like, oh, I want to see it again. Uh, the first two Spider-Man movies I liked. Like um, the second one, not as much as the first one. Like there were a bunch of things that kind of, eh. But the first one I really enjoyed. Um, I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. You know, That's like, the only thing. That's the only thing they have going for them. I like Tom Holland. He plays like a younger Peter Parker. Yeah. I think I still think Tobey Maguire was like the Peter Parker. Uh, the movies he, were not that great, but he was he was the first, Peter Parker. I thought the first one with Tobey Maguire was really good. It was a little yeah, like on I, the on the cartoony side, but still yeah. like uh, you know uh, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin and. Uh, um, I'm gonna forget his Franco. name now. Franco, yeah, James Franco. Um, there were a lot of really good actors in that. There was like the story was decent, and I thought like good movie, right? Um, the second one even wasn't horrible. It wasn't terrible, right? Yeah. The third one, which I will admit, I have never watched. <laughs> I never saw the third one. <laughs> Because as soon as I saw you had Topher Grace as Eddie Brock and yeah. Venom, I'm like, have you never seen the Spider-Man <laughs> cartoon or read a Spider-Man comic book? Like, you could just admit that right now. They obviously just wanted to throw Topher Grace into one of those movies. I mean, like, Topher Grace is a dude that would have been much better. Not that he better, but might have been okay to play uh, Peter Parker at some point in his life. But, like... He's not Eddie Brock. I'm saying like um, like early '70s show version of Topher Grace, not like modern day Topher Grace. What is modern day Topher Grace, anyways? Is he even doing anything? Uh, yeah. 
No, no. And I, who, I, yeah, who, I, when you have the name Christopher, who the hell sits there and goes, "Call me Topher." White people. <laughs> I mean, technically, I had that option. I was like, "No, thank you." <laughs> I um, yeah, I um. Thanks for that recap. That means I will not be going to see that. <laughs> Along with the rest of our viewing audience, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. It, I'm not sorry, though. That's just my honest opinion. I did not think yeah. it was a well-done movie. There were moments I laughed at, but there were way more moments that they wanted me to laugh at that fell incredibly flat. It just wasn't. I'll be, I'll be honest, like Tomorrow War, because you gave me your opinion. I, yeah. Even though I wanted to watch it just to see if you're right. You didn't? Kind of like, uh, I haven't watched it, so. See, I, I kind of need you to watch that one because I was listening to that podcast when I was editing it like two weeks ago, and you were talking about how like everybody in New York loved that movie, and I'm sitting here uh. like that movie was garbage, and so now I kind of like I, I kind of want to know what you actually think, but I'm not gonna force you to watch it. Obviously, <laughs> I might watch it over the weekend. I got some projects to work on, but that's good. I will say this: um, the one thing I do want to watch, actually, no. Uh, let me take that. <laughs> I kind of want to see Morbius and see if they can, like, you know, pull their head out of their butts on, on um, making a good movie. I think they might. That's another trailers... Sony one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the trailers have been very consistent, and they don't need to uh, lean on a character that's already been in the MCU. Right. So I think they can pull that one off. That will be um, interesting. I agree. You know, um, that's Jared Leto, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I might I might stand behind that one. Um, and I was going to go see uh, Shang-Chi yeah. in the theaters. I'm just not going to the theaters. I'm going to wait till, uh it hits Disney+. Plus. I'm just – I'm not ready for the COVIDs. So let's talk about social media. All right. <laughs> sitting here like i've been in the movie theater like three times in the last month <laughs> yeah but you know the state fair is going on yeah <laughs> I literally my hands were over here okay thanks. this the state fair is going on and i tell you what man uh that looks like a covid party man there's obviously no well, it's outdoors distancing. I mean, dude, the, the NC State games have 65,000 or 56,000 people, however many they can cram into that stadium in attendance. We bought season tickets. We haven't been once. Yeah, I'm a hard pass. on. Like, I think COVID in Wake County is um, still a thing. So, Oh, COVID was, is still a thing in most places, especially in this yeah. country. Um, I mean, you know, like there were certain – like we had a – car show this weekend that was down here at carolina beach at the lake and you know my dad's big into cars and he has a couple of nice cars so he picked one that he wanted to take over to the show and so we hung out over there but it wasn't like super crowded um obviously all outdoors um right and that sort of thing but i don't know i mean like the movie theaters the ones that we go to we usually go up to the Mayfair, which are where they have the reclining seats, and you can pick your seats ahead of time and everything. So it's a little bit more spaced out. Um, 
But I, I mean, I do understand. I, I certainly, you know, I'm not going to be like scoffing at somebody who says I don't feel comfortable going to a movie theater right now. Like I don't yeah. love sitting in the movie theater having to wear my mask the whole time. But it's yeah, it I, is I what it like is. Like yeah. there's yeah. something just about I, that movie theater experience, especially because I used to work at one. I just I don't know. I don't get me wrong. I would love to go. No, I because I, I want to see. Yeah, I I just like I don't want to rock around and like get the covids <laughs> just don't want to do that I don't, we're still so, talking like pop culture even though we totally <laughs> have twice now okay. played the intro for social media <laughs> but i don't even care so thanks for listening to um uh, we, we listened to twig so uh yes this week me... in google um and yeah. also this week in technology twit and twig are um uh, is another one of our favorite podcasts that we've been checking yeah. out more recently um is it leo I, I mean, is the host leo, leo laporte i'm yep. a big fan um i think he's done a lot for uh tech entertainment right if you, well i guess it is tech or the yeah. tech perspective um and i've i've been a big fan of him since like uh, the first time i saw him was on i want to say tech tv when i had satellite and I lived in Winston-Salem mm-hmm. and I was a closet nerd but um gosh it was like I can't remember remember the name of the show but I was a big fan the way he explained things to people and um just like phenomenal and he doesn't make you feel like you're stupid um no he, he does that to the guests on his show on his <laughs> network yes <laughs> but I love it because obviously the people on his show know him uh, yeah, him he's, and, and he, is it Jeffrey the professor guy? Always uh, seem Jeff to, Jarvis. Yeah, always seem to kind of butt heads uh, a little bit because I think they're they're from slightly different viewpoints. But Jeff, being the edu- the, the like the the professor, I feel like is always coming from a, from a very like um, you know academic. Point not of even, view. but yeah, academic, but also like a uh, oh, what is the word that I'm thinking of? Like. Uh, Nope, I mean, that's completely evading me. Um, but just somebody who's like constantly sitting there going, "But why?" You know, like, <laughs> "But why?" Well, they they had a guest on today, and I, and I uh, Corey, Corey, uh, Doctor Rowe, it was Doctor Rowe, Doctor O W. Like that's how his name was spelled, and so I have no idea how how you pronounce it. Doctor Rowe, Doctor Rowe, but I'm just gonna go with Doctor Rowe. Yeah, fantastic conversation about um, one of my. One of the thorns of my side, Facebook. Um, and you know what was funny about that conversation was it started with them talking about the thing that we talked about last week, which was the developer that got banned from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I like you sent that to me. We're like 15, 20 minutes. First 15, 20 minutes are really interesting. Listen, and I, I got home after picking up my kid from school and sat down and was like, all right, I just want to like kind of listen to this. And they immediately jump in and I'm like, oh, no wonder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I really, really appreciated the way that he and Gre- this was last week's episode, I think. Right. Because it was the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, just for anybody that's interested in going and checking it out, we do recommend you go check out the Twit or Twig podcast episode from October 13th is the one that we're specifically referencing right now. Um, but yeah, just really interesting perspective on the whole Facebook stuff on the privacy laws and the way to actually try and get change done as opposed to the way that we've been kind of going about it. 
Um, you know, they talked a lot about federated platforms or federated content right. and that sort of stuff. I really loved his take on, um, was it post once, uh, syndicate everywhere. Right. Right. And so that's what like, we try to do. Yeah. Everything is essentially hosted on his site and then everything syndicates and then feeds back to it. Um, and so exactly like that's something that we are really keen to do. We're doing it from a, um, writing content perspective but i think eventually we'd also love to figure out how to do it from a podcast like a, a video and episode hosting aspect as well right where we right. host all that stuff and then syndicate it out to the other services but um no I, I thought a couple of things that that struck me as interesting he talked a little bit more about the that app the chrome plugin uh or extension that the guy made that basically uns auto unfollowed you from everybody on your newsfeed. And even when I read the first article, I was kind of confused as to what that would ultimately achieve. Right. But I thought that they did a really good job or he specifically was like, it's essentially like you're eliminating the infinite scroll. You've reached the end of the internet. Come back tomorrow. We'll have more, <laughs> more internet for you. Um, which cracked me up. And I'll be honest, as soon as I, not even as soon as I was done, while I was still listening to that episode, I opened up my Facebook and I started going through and unfollowing everything and everybody in my newsfeed. Now, to be clear, for those of you that haven't read the article or haven't listened to the podcast yet, what this does is I'm not unfriending you, right? I'm not like abandoning Facebook, but I am tired of Facebook deciding what it is that I see when I log in. And so what I'm going to do is there are a couple of people who are probably going to remain is my news feed, like my wife. Um, <laughs> That's a good idea. Right. <laughs> but everybody else, if I want to see what you're up to, I'm going to come to your page and see it. Right. And what does that tell you? Right. If you are my friend on Facebook, if I comment or like one of your things, it's not because I scrolled past it and felt obligated to. It's because I intentionally came to see what you were up to and appreciated what you posted. Intentional actions is actually what's what's funny about you for saying that is with your infinity for marketing. Intentional actions are the most important actions, right? It's not the ones that you like. That, it's not the that, accidental that, half a page scroll. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like those are not the most valuable ones. Um, when we worked at uh, E Area, uh, we would we actually sent out was it three million emails a month give or take yeah i think at one point it was a lot more than that but <laughs> yeah but, so the number is three million just and that it could be higher it could be higher and sure, not lower but right three million divided by how many 30 days in a month <laughs> yeah that's a lot of emails um so i was in charge of this one team and they basically did a crappy job of curating content. So I was like, well, why don't we look at the database and decide what things people liked? And the, the pushback was, well, why would we do that? Well, on the site that we were managing, a like was an intentional action. Yeah, why wouldn't you just pa go with uh, page views on page, it? Page views. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because we had infinite scroll. Um, a like was an intentional action. So we, I, I, wrote a query to kind of look at things that had page views, but they also had likes, something that I knew a user had to interact with. Or uh, not saves, comments, right? Or, or saves, likes or saves. So the breaking point was 
uh, saves. It would be like, then saves. And that would be the sort. And it increased our performance. Yeah. Because you want, yeah, you want intentional actions to drive your decisions, right? Right. Yeah. That's, and especially from a marketing standpoint, you're absolutely right. Like, um, there is nothing better than this person meant to do this, right? Uh, an accidental click in an email gets me nothing because what did you do? You loaded right. the page and you closed it. Oops. Right. Right. My bad. Yeah. Even <laughs> if you didn't close emails. it, right? You went back to your email. You never came back to this page. The ads loaded. So it looks like I gave an impression to a sponsor, but in reality, right. it wasn't any sort of engaged person. Right. Um, and I, you know, that, that was the other funny thing about a previous episode of twig was when they were talking about Facebook and the engagement metric, right? And how marketing on right. on the internet is all based on engagement. And Jeff kept bringing up, well, what else are you going to measure, right? What else, if we were replacing the engagement metric, what are we replacing it with? But I thought it was interesting that everybody on that panel essentially said, you can't replace it. That is the most important metric, but the problem is what you do with it, right? What Facebook right. is doing with it is interpreting engagement as one in, there's only one form, right? It's all essentially positive in Facebook's mind. Any engagement is a positive engagement. Right. But that's not true, right? The, the whole sentiment analysis in this stuff, right? Somebody who shares an article, but their synopsis is, oh my gosh, I can't believe that somebody thinks this, is not agreeing with this. That, that article itself doesn't necessarily need to be shared more because it of that. It should be disqualified from your, your, your AI. Your exactly. Yeah. <sighs> I broke Andre. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just can't with Facebook. I, I I don't want to not like Facebook. And I think even uh, I'm, I don't want to butcher his name. Even their guest today was saying the same thing. Yeah. It should not dictate what you. It should not dictate to the the extent that that it does what you're going to follow next or like next or. Or even be presented next. And I think that's the the problem. And I think people don't even, they're not aware of it. No, but like, you know what was really funny was after I up? went through and unfollowed almost everybody that was in my news feed, every mm -hmm. other thing in my news feed was either an ad or a suggestion of other content on Facebook. Are you kidding me? They were groups to join. They were reels right like the uh which is essentially TikTok. the stories the tiktok crap um those like every other post was basically filled in with some sort of advertisement whether it was for for a facebook feature or a sponsor are you kidding me no because i had eliminated the majority of the content that needed to show up in my newsfeed so they didn't have five posts to intersperse in between <laughs> and this is this is the point right like it like so just like you were saying the... you don't realize it in that moment that i mean the number of times instagram too that's next on my list by the way um you go through that and it's like every there are so many times where i see something and i'm like why am i seeing this and then i see the tiny little sponsored and i'm like god it's an ad twitter's gotten bad about it too now Twitter is not I... a chronological feed anymore, right? Not even remotely. I log in and I see stuff that the Chris and Andre show posted three days ago at the top of my feed. 
followed by an, something that somebody I also follow posted an hour ago, followed by something from 24 hours ago. Y- y- y'all are messing with this stuff. <laughs> I I just and I I, can't. I do I... like on, I, from a base level of wanting to drive profit. I understand why they are tempted to do these things, but that's where your core. Like your mission statement, right? Your core belief as a company should dictate whether or not you do that thing. Why are you here? Are you here to sell ads? Okay, admit that. Guys, we're a platform that we want to sell ads for. No, you're a publisher. Right. Well, then that's why they can't admit that, right? So I had a conversation with a couple people the other day, and I was talking about like just um, in general – my views on business. I know people that charge fourteen, seventeen hundred dollars to literally build a website. Yeah. <laughs> but they've bought a WordPress theme for like sixty bucks. They put your stuff in it. They charge you, let's say, fourteen hundred bucks. That is their business. That that's their business. That's yeah. their business model. Yeah. And it's unscrupulous. I, I can't okay. do that. It is on a, on one front, right? If you are not presenting it as that is what you are doing. The, but nobody does. Right. But I'm saying, like, there are people out there that would probably pay that even if you said, I'm going to pick a WordPress theme, right? And I'm going to populate it with your content. Because there are still people who don't want to do that stuff. Are you calling me naive? No, I'm not calling you naive. But I'm saying that they don't have – well – there's a market for their service, but what they're doing is trying to market to broaden their market and therefore selling it unscrupulously. The practice itself, I don't feel, is ultimately unscrupulous. It's the way that they are presenting it. Like, there's a, there is a need for people okay, to, so to stand up you, a website somewhere, right? Okay, maybe you're not calling me naive. Maybe I don't want to believe because I would never do that. When you, you would say, hey, I, I I would like a custom website. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the whole process of designing it, you know, getting your feedback. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. And help you to actually launch that website. Yeah. That's a fair price, right? Yes. But to literally buy a theme and like res like resell it is it's it's fucking wrong. It is. Well, it is. <laughs> like, and I mean, I you know, I guess if the person had built the theme themselves, but it was one oh that they gosh. had used I, for I, other. I, I, I've got to say this. Okay. It's screensavers. That was the show. I <laughs> Like my brain just like said, oh, that information you're looking for. It was screensavers. <laughs> I had to sit there and go like, "What is he talking about?" Screensaver. That was it. That's what. Oh, that's what Leo. That's before. what. That's what Leo was on before. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're good. I don't know if. That, I don't know if that was an old man moment or what. But yeah, uh, anyway, that's just. A but brain I, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's wrong that people actually do that. Uh, yes, I don't. I oh, don't. Let me. No, I got. I got to stop you again. I was actually going <laughs> to type it. Why am I even here? Oh, so that Andre can interrupt me and say his point. That's right. I forgot. I was literally about to like, oh, this buggy. I will not be able to sleep tonight. No, I'm going to call you like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And my brain was like, no, it's screensavers. I'm like, are you sure? So that was the dialogue in my brain. Like, when it, it's beautiful. Like, in its own little. I love it. All right. Anyway. Uh, 
I still think it's wrong. Like fourteen hundred dollars to like I can buy a theme for like eighty bucks. Sure, right? It it would be no different for those who are not in the tech industry, right? To say I I'm going to a a home builder, right? And I'm saying I want a custom home that nobody else has, and he goes, "Great, I'll design you one." And then he pulls a plan that he's designed 50 million other times or built 50 other million other times for other people and says, here you go. Or Here's bought. your custom house. Right. Yeah. Or yeah, even better. Or he paid somebody else 60 bucks to design the house. Not even, but I don't know. It's, that was a terrible analogy. Um, no, it's, just, it's a good analogy. It kind it of really is. is. It kind of is. Again, right. There is a market for, yeah, you're right. The, the amount that they are charging for that is absolutely ridiculous. And to present it as I am building you a custom site from scratch, but really what they're doing is taking a an existing theme, slapping it on a WordPress and uploading your stuff to it and maybe tweaking like two things here or there. Yeah, like that is 100% unscrupulous. I will not, I, 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 would, I don't want to make it feel like I'm saying that's not. I don't disagree with you there. Um, Right. There's a service or there's a need, I believe, for a service for people to say, I don't understand WordPress. I don't want to understand WordPress, but I need a website. I'll pay you 300 bucks to 100 bucks. I don't know, whatever. And I'm going to buy the theme. This is the theme that I want. Right. And you build my website for me with this theme. Like there's a separate service there, but I, I and I think that's what I was trying to get at. But I do understand your point is like, no, that's not how they're selling it. Right. Right. It pisses me off. I'm like, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe a better analogy is you go to the Ferrari dealership and you're like, I really want a Ferrari. And they're like, great. We have this one. And it's literally a Honda Civic with the Ferrari emblem on the hood. <laughs> like, and you're like, I love my Ferrari. And they're like, that'll be $150,000. <laughs> <laughs> There's a market out there for people who want Honda Civics with Ferraris on the emblem, <laughs> emblems on the. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's a that's a funnier analogy, but it just, I'm like, wow. But I I pro I can't actually. Um, I'd say in the last what four months I've done four sites, all custom, all from like scratch. Yeah. Uh, except for the CSS. I always use Bootstrap because it makes my life easier. Um, well, and what's the thing with Bootstrap, right? That's that is, So for those of you who don't know, Bootstrap is a is a open source, essentially, right? Or a free right. uh, platform that essentially provides you with the HTML structure and a CSS template that you can use. And you can go in and customize it. Um, just don't let anybody named Kellett ever touch your CSS file. <laughs> um by the way, Kellett, if you're listening, thanks for check tuning in, buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's foul. I can't get behind that. I'm, I'm gonna laugh because it's funny. But I mean, but that's that's probably the only crutch I use. Everything else from the layout to, but it helps me to stream. It's a framework. It's not right. A it's template. not a template. You're absolutely right. I I use the wrong term. It is a framework. What it essentially does is provides you with the building blocks that you can use to then build your custom template. Yeah, that's what it really is. Um, and that's the only like crutch I use because I don't have time to figure out like. Uh, well, you're not going to sit here. Yeah, you're not going to sit here and work <laughs> on. Uh, 
not you, but most developers don't want to sit here and custom write um, CSS. media queries for CSS, right? Yeah. Or, okay, I need a, you know, I have a div that's a row, then I have a div that's this span, and I need this span to be this much, and this span to be this much. That's the whole point of Bootstrap, is it's like, no, we all understand how the internet basically should work with HTML, and this is a generic framework that allows you to take it and do whatever you want with it, ultimately, but it provides you with a starting point, so you're not having to build from scratch. It's no different than, hey, another great analogy, Minecraft, right? You can go into Minecraft and you can start with a completely blank world. It's nothing but grass, right? And you can build everything that you want. Or you can get one that's pre-populated. And that's essentially that's what, what I feel like Bootstrap is. Bootstrap is the, is the equivalent of going into a semi-pre-populated. Or even better, you're going into the blank world with a whole bunch of items already in your inventory to build what you want. Right. I, I like that even better. So just call I, me Mr. Analogy. <laughs> yeah. You've like, you're like throwing out like 20 right there. Uh, I will say this. I, I just think we need to basically collectively, I've already started this like uh, endeavor. Just get off Facebook, get off, get off of Instagram. So the they other thing that I you. thought was really interesting um, because mm -hmm. I had not heard of it before that came up during the Twig podcast was the uh, the open source uh, Facebook, right? Dispersa, I think is what they yeah. called it. I've never heard of that before. I am very intrigued. Is this something where I can go spin up my own social network? Yeah, it probably can. Okay. Can I, but, no, 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 go ahead. You have, you'll, have, you'll have the same problems that you have with launching a website. Okay. Right? Getting people to so, buy in? Yeah, there's 1.2, 1.3 billion people on Facebook. Sure, but I'm not worried about right. 1.2, 1.3 billion. I want like my close friends and family, right? Is what I'm thinking. That's fair. Like that's that's where I would start, and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do with my Facebook and Instagram, right? Is like just trim all of the excess crap. I'm so I'm, you're I'm you're you're removing the the provider of the servers service, right? Basically, then that's fair. And that's, I mean, isn't that what we ultimately want to do? Like, we like some of the pieces of being able to connect and see pictures. And so, some of us, I know you're you're not one of them, but some of us appreciate the ease of which we can see. And it, but I still well, think it falls is, into a whole thing where it's like it becomes this, like, maybe not a great analogy, but it's all, like a peeping Tom, right? I'm scrolling through these people's lives, and they have no idea whether or not I'm actually seeing this stuff or... Chris, the issue is always going to be this, and this is where Facebook is. Um, they've got a segment of the market, 1.2 to 1.3 billion people. My wife's family and friends and people she went to school with, they, they all live in Peru. Right. They can be all be that on Facebook. Is, they can all be on Facebook. Yeah. So the, 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 the dream and the myth of a federated social media network where everybody's got equal access uh, – not it's 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 a myth but couldn't we do that with apis no is it, that because of the apis that are available for twitter and facebook and the other social media networks the, i mean couldn't we couldn't we feed content in the, and out from those services into some other service that doesn't require us to log into it and actively participate on their platform so it's the maintenance right Sure. Uh, so let's say I use an API. Well, if I'm going to connect to the API and say, let me get this picture from the picnic I had, whatever, mm -hmm. 
that data still has to go back through Facebook. They still have the information, right? They're still going to manipulate the the data and. But they're not. What, what I, so uh, this was the other thing that I thought was interesting from the podcast was they they were talking very specifically about the high cost of switching, right? And yep. that and that's exactly what you're referring to here, right? Is that it, right. and it's not financial in this case, but it is more almost more emotional. In the sense of right. I'm abandoning or leaving my friends and family, coworkers, my the number of people from my high school that I'm was or am friends with on Facebook who I literally never speak to. I barely right. even remember who these people are, and yet they show up in my newsfeed sometimes. Like it's it's weird. <laughs> That's that's the point. That's the cost, right? You can't you cannot get everybody to follow you. But I don't want those people n- to follow me. If that's that, if no, that, I'm, I'm not right? saying I'm not saying from the the functional standpoint of a no no, a no I know I'm saying I don't want them to follow me to to dispersa. I don't want them to follow me to my social network. I don't care about those people. No offense to you people who were my friends in high school. Like there are some of you. If I still talk to you, yeah, like I care about you. If I don't still talk to you, it's not that I don't care. Like, like I'm mean about it. It's just that we are not connected that way. Obviously, like most of these people, it was one of those where I felt obligated to accept a friend request or to friend them because they were friends of a friend or friends of a group that I knew and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, um, as a person from a different age group and yeah. as a person that's also a developer, those things aren't even like. Decisions I right I I need to make I I don't you're already you've already made the decision to not engage but I'm saying from somebody who's already in that boat and trying to figure out how do I keep the good things that I like about what social media can provide while trying to reduce or eliminate as much as possible the negative aspects of it right so if it's cleaning out my newsfeed that helps me to be on Facebook and Instagram less like that's what I'm gonna try doing if I could get a small if I could get you know like my wife and my family or my my immediate family i don't even really like my extended family if you don't want to follow me to dispersa that's fine like whatever but if i could get 10 15 people the closest people on my list that i could get to follow me to a private social network that we could share our own stuff like i'd be so much more happier i feel doing that and seeing those things and probably engage with it way less and that's i mean that's my point like so when i want to talk to people i call them right yeah, but you're one of those people. Yeah, my but generation it's... doesn't call. We text first to say, "Hey, do you have time for a phone call?" But that. <laughs> so you, I don't know you how can't much. Just straight up know... call somebody, man. That's <laughs> rude. I don't know how much of the podcast you listen to, but he did mention that. He's like, "Yeah, you know, there was actually. Oh, actually, I listened to uh, uh, all about Android. It was okay. a, it was a different." So, so they talked about a different part, and this is the part you're talking about, where there's a uh, a service called Beeper.com where it uh, consolidates all your like online messaging, okay, uh, from iMessage to WhatsApp to Telegram to all those things. Yeah, and this the uh, the guest made a good point. If I don't have your information and you don't want to follow me and like I can't text you, I don't need to talk to you. Right. I'm I'm of that mindset of where it's like, yeah, maybe I don't care. 
you know. And I think, like, um, to some degree, that's where I'm at, too, right? Yeah. Realizing now that I had fallen into the trap of feeling like I needed to care. Like, I was required to care because at some point I had something in common with this person. Even if it was as simple as I went to the same school as you at around the same time. Right? Yeah, like, I saw you are... in a hallway once. <laughs> or or we were that... at a party together. Like, those are the things... I've... Where I'm just like that's not that's not part of my decision making matrix. Yeah, if I'm being honest, so I, I don't have that like that's not something I consider. It's like, so what's the problem? Right. No, <laughs> and I but I get that I do. I and I think that's part of it. Right? Jesus, is think think about it. Like I don't, I never say I you only can just told call me Chris. I care. No, <laughs> I will not. Like you're. <laughs> Remember how I would say, like, when somebody would leave the area? Yeah. Like, I, I hope all the best. Right. But and it's I not, I'm going to stay in touch or stay in touch. Yep. Give me your number. Right. No, I, I, Every... and that's exactly what I'm thinking of here, right? Ultimately. Yeah. Is it's like, this is so unnecessary. These people don't need to see my life. Yeah. I don't, they I don't, don't mean care. it. If I, if I, if I say it, I wouldn't mean it. Right. Right. It's not that something I feel like I, I'm obligated to do. But it, that's where I'm, I feel like most people who are not Andre, granted, because you are very unique. And I'm not just saying that because you're my best friend. But well, I appreciate that. But it's true. Like, I think most people and maybe it's more of a generational thing. Right. I mean, we are eight years apart, roughly. And so yeah. there's I think there is a bit of a generational thing there where there was because I think my generation kind of was the first one on Facebook, right? I was in college right. right after Facebook came out. It was only for college students. It was only for certain colleges. And so when NC State got added to the list, I wasn't on the I wasn't the first one to jump on, but I had a friend but, who was like, dude, did you hear NC State got added to Facebook? And I'm like, what's Facebook? They're like, oh, it's this cool thing. I wasn't even on MySpace. I wasn't cool but, enough to be on MySpace, man. Like <laughs> But Chris, you, you you guys like people that are younger than me think that Facebook is new. My wife actually talks to her former coworkers. I do not. On like, Facebook are, she does? Is what you're saying? Or, or no, just in, in general. In, in, okay. in general. In yeah. real in real life. Okay. I do not. I don't feel That's a lie. You talk to me like multiple times it, a week. Like no, that's not my <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yes, I do. People I don't, who I don't, aren't still your best friends that you co-host a podcast with. Yeah, <laughs> people that I don't have people I don't have something in common with, like I genuinely value people who aren't. I don't family. talk. To, yeah, people aren't family. I don't feel the need to or the pull. I'm not saying like if I met those people, I would be like right. cold towards them. That's not. I'm the just point. saying like, yeah, it's like I really don't feel the need to. Thirty years ago, right? You didn't know what somebody was doing on Facebook. You didn't know yeah. what anybody like my family that lived all the way across the country. I had no idea what yeah. they were up to, except totally for the okay few times that. that I would see them, right, or that we'd talk on the phone, or we'd get a Christmas card or a letter. That's what it used to be, right? I mean, that's essentially yeah. I how have, we got all this. I stuff. have, I have family that like, like my girl cousins, and I have like four of them, right? Mm -hmm. They're like my sisters. I don't talk to them a lot. And I'm totally okay with it. I check in on birthdays, like, hey, happy birthday. I hope things are good. Yeah. I see them every when I see them, and it's like I don't lose sleep over that. I don't know when people got so enamored with It became a status thing, honestly. Like Facebook became a status really? thing in college. It was. Um when you were at a school that had it and you were talking to somebody who didn't, it was like, Oh man, you're missing out. 
Facebook's the jam. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. But I, I don't know. There was some appeal to it. I, I, I can't really describe well, it, but. I'll leave I'll end it with this. Yeah. I feel sorry for you people. Thank you. <laughs> let's, I, let's no, I appreciate your pity. And I will take let's, it. Let's talk about sports. All day, every day. <laughs> sports. So. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, no, don't apologize. You don't have to. Okay. You know what? Riverside, I'm getting tired of this. It's probably because I was eating something earlier and I touched my mouse pad and now it's like my Mac is like, oh, your finger's still there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about sports. Yeah, let's talk so about I sports. Had... NC uh, State. Okay. Football. So before we dive into the actual results of NC State's football game from this weekend, I have I'm I have a very I have something that I feel is very important for me to share with the audience because I have talked ad nauseum to this point about my inability to watch live sports for the teams that i root for right nc state being the primary one because for whatever reason my heartstrings go directly to that and then that determines the other fandoms that i have as andre well knows um this weekend i changed that uh saturday night nc state was playing boston college in chestnut hill and I couldn't help myself. I watched the beginning of the game. I saw him score a touchdown. I'm like, yeah, I like that. I had to, I was doing something. I came back just before halftime, and I was like, kicked a field goal. All right, cool. And then halftime, the second half started, and I was like, I'm hooked. I got to watch. I can't. I can't. I didn't have the volume on, which for some reason seemed to help. Like, I was reading the captions. I feel like the announcers stressed me out. Um, maybe that's part of it. I just need to watch it all on mute from now on. But holy crap. And I know like Boston College doesn't have their starting QB. I'm not saying they're a great team, but this is a game historically Thank you. that Ooh. NC State walks into and falls flat. This is a game that state loses nine times out of ten any season other than this, basically. And the hope, I'm not saying we're there yet, but there is at least a glimmer of a chance that Dave Doran as a head football coach has started to kind of turn the corner on some of that stuff that he started to figure out. I mean, the halftime, it was seven, seven or 10, seven at halftime. And we won 33 to seven. They scored 21 points in the third quarter and just completely destroyed Boston college. I mean, it started with Boston college on the opening drive from the second half went like, I don't know, four or five plays, went to punt, and their punter literally just dropped the ball. Like, it looked like he was dropping it to kick it, but he just didn't swing his leg, and then he tried to pick it back up. But the state guy was like, I'll just take that, and ran into the end zone. Um, every, like, every mistake that Boston College made, NC State was able to capitalize on it. And again, that's just, that is uncharacteristic of my beloved football team. And so... I'm very happy to be in this position. I know it is a precarious one at best. Like Wake Forest looks like a good football team this year. They're also in the Atlantic. Clemson is somehow, I think, like three and one in the ACC, even though they are awful on offense. They have one of the best defenses in the country. That's essentially how they're doing it. Um, but it's going to be a just painful season for me the rest of the way because at this point, I'm like – ACC championship or bust, you know, but that essentially means we got to win out. 
So I don't know. I don't know that we're that good, but it is really fun to watch this football team. It feels like we finally have the depth on defense that we have been lacking a lot in the past. We lost a top player at every single level on defense. From We have a defensive tackle, our star linebacker, Peyton Wilson, and our transfer, Cyrus Fagan, at safety, all out for the season with injuries, and the defenses somehow managed to hold it together and maybe even get a little better. <sighs> I know you're well, tired ha- of hearing I'm me ha- talk about NC State, but I no, just... No, I'm, hap- I'm happy for you. I'm happy for State. Thank you. Um, and State's a great school. <laughs> crickets. Cr- do we have, do we have oh, crickets? Of course we have crickets. I just had to find them. <laughs> Say it one more go. time. State's a great school. Or would it be more? No, God, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I gave you all I have for state. Um, yeah. Because of my kids. I appreciate it. Man, being a parent. Hey, Carolina won in football this weekend, too. I, okay, my <laughs> mouse cursor isn't even over the freaking button this time. Hey, Riverside, watch this podcast. And see me get upset about your media board this time. I don't care if it's in beta mode. Jeez. Fix it. Seriously. Um, well, that's good for you, but man, can I talk about Denver? Jeez. Yeah. Teddy right. Bridge. Teddy Bridge Bridgewater. I'm not okay with that. He did not build a bridge over troubled water. <laughs> Fangio, like, I know you don't listen to me. I know you don't care what He's I'm saying. He's gone by the end of the season. Yeah, but I was right. Like, I, I'm I'm sorry, man. I, I was right. You were and right. What? Only... You, still, you think you guys would be doing better if he'd have left Drew Locke at the starting quarterback position? I know you feel yeah. like they completely destroyed his confidence. I'm not saying that they didn't, but you you believe that Drew Locke was the better option. Yeah. I'm And I'm thinking long game. I'm not saying Bridgewater's not a good quarterback. Right. I'm just saying, like, Denver's not the team you need with Cam. I, I don't even want to talk about Cam anymore. Well, I mean, should they sign Cam Newton now that he's gotten his his vaccine? If they do, if they do, I'm done. Like, I still I think got- the best case scenario for everybody moving forward, and this means everybody, all fans of the NFL, not just me and Andre. Is Colin Kaepernick? Oh, God, no. Russell Wilson getting traded to Denver. Because then I've got Russell Cap- Wilson and uh, Bradley Chubb on the same team. I can root for both of them. That's all about you. Your team would be good, too. So <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Look, the NFL is better when Denver's a good team. People always say that crap about, like, the Giants and the Yankees and all these other. Yeah, but it's actually Lakers. true. Ah, it's garbage. It's only better if those teams are good for the people who root for those teams. Mm, no. You think the true. NBA is better when the Lakers are better? Yeah. You think the NBA? It, force, it forces the West to play basketball. The East steps up. Like, what about Golden State? Why can't somebody else from the West be good? That's what I don't understand. Why does it have to be the Lakers? The Knicks have been garbage for years, and the NBA is fine. No offense. Love you. <clears throat> Argue with me. Prove me wrong. I can say that. You can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, that's some privilege right there. I'm calling privilege oh, on that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about privilege. What happened? It, it was a, a Wake County school that had a. Uh, they were doing their uh, banner break. Oh yeah, you said no. It wasn't Charlotte. It was Charlotte. It was Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. So thanks Mecklenburg County yep. for your. Uh, yes. I don't know what they were going for. I I don't really get it either. So there was a, a it was public school right was playing a private Catholic school I think Charlotte Catholic or something like that was the team that they were playing against and so you know how the um, they have a banner that the football team will run through I'm not saying this to you although I'm looking at you um, this is for the audience so they have a banner that they'll run through the banner that the cheerleaders were holding up this time apparently said quote sniff sniff. Smell that privilege? Question mark. Um, I mean, like, I get what they were going for, or what they thought they were going for. It doesn't really seem like the place or the time. Um, I mean, are they? Was the insinuation somehow that privilege had something to do with football? Like, where is your connection here? That's where I just kind of got lost. Like, I didn't, I didn't really get the underlying goal oh, of I what got they were it. doing. I mean, was it just to draw yeah, we, attention? We got bills and you don't have bills. That's what that was. That was a Wait, direct... We got bills a, and you don't it, have bills. I don't get it. Stacks. Oh. Cheddar. Cheese. Oh, so... But isn't, wouldn't that be the team that was holding up the banner saying, you have bills and we don't? Jesus Christ. Sorry, I just wanted to make right. sure I was clear. They're basically saying... You smell that, this is what money gets you. Right. Yeah. A good football team. We got bills. We got we have bills in our pocket. We have Dollar cash. dollar we bills. Man, you can you stop being white for two seconds? <laughs> Why don't you just ask yeah, me I to think... stop breathing, Andre? <laughs> um I can't I think change that was my your... whiteness any more than you can change your blackness. That's true. That's true. That, that's that's very true. And it is um, discriminatory for you to treat me different because of the color of my skin, sir. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, not. It, it, it's just calling facts. Yeah. I think that was um, for children to do that. I get what they were doing. Now, yeah, kids are dumb. I, <laughs> I know that's not what you were saying. But look, I mean, yeah. kids do stupid things, right? I mean, senior pranks get out of hand. Um, they they want the win, yeah. right? They want the win. It it's a psych it's a psychological well, attack. And in these day this day and age, I'm sure as much of it was about the viral social media videos slash posts that they were hoping, oh, everybody's gonna love us because we're calling out privilege, right? And then they were like, oh crap. Yeah, that didn't we messed that up. That didn't age well. Yeah. Um, didn't age well after like, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, time I'm, and place, I'm right? Like, time and place. I'm surprised the kickoff went off, you know? Like, it's just like, you guys let that go? I mean, if I were the coach of the Catholic team, I probably would have said, you know, as much as it sucks, we kind of have to forgive them. I can't. I I will I will say this. 
<laughs> and this is the part that I don't want to like. I don't want to forget to say. Yeah. What it does tell me is that. Um, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, Riverside fixed that. Yeah, that's not a shit together. <laughs> that's not a feature. That's a bug. Um, it does tell me that it's the whole like. I don't know the rosters or the yeah. the the ethnicity of the roster. I can also, but I can also tell you that if there are black kids on the team with that crap. Yeah, and it's until you, as long as you entertain us, we love you. Yeah, that's that's all I got to say on that one. No, it's and like, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to, right? Like, we are here for you to entertain us. Beyond that, you really provide no value. Right. I mean, and that's, and, that's a lot. I mean, unfortunately, right? Like, that's where I think a lot of black professional athletes find themselves, e- even in the professional ranks, right? It's, it's like, no, we love you as long as you were providing the entertainment that we want from you. But, yep. you know, Colin Kaepernick, the moment that you do something that upsets us, we don't even care about that entertainment anymore. We don't even care yeah. about winning football games. I still think Kaepernick is a... Uh... Like, I think he's a good quarterback. And, I, and what, it still blows my mind that he can't get, yeah. like, a, a real legit tryout. You're telling me that in the 650,000 emails that the NFL reviewed as part of this Washington football team uh, investigation, that not a single email mentioned Colin Kaepernick? Really? <laughs> really? The odds of that being a thing are are slim to none. <laughs> you believe that? I have some waterfront property in Florida. I'd love to sell you. I I just I I, I don't know. Man. I I don't have a solve for it. I I just think that. Um, I mean, John Gruden was the scapegoat in that in that. Yo, right? They played him, yo. And then the they Washington pl- football team turned around and used Sean Taylor. Dude, the owners are going to decide and and. Right. And dictate what the transparency level is. Yeah. The owners of the team. The owners are the NFL. That's the thing, right? I mean, it's like the NCAA. It's it's <laughs> they're policing themselves. There's no motivation for them to release this. Demora Smith was on the Bomani Jones show earlier last week. I think on Wednesday after all this stuff broke. And they are the NFLPA is requesting that all of these emails be released at this point because they're like, You we don't trust you. There's absolutely no reason we should trust you that what you say is in there isn't in there or isn't in there right. isn't there. But there's absolutely no legal grounds for them to actually like enforce that. Right. These are all private business emails. So it's essentially up to the NFL. But this comes back to the same thing with the NCAA where it's like you're letting the fox rule the hen house. Like. Chris, I, I will say this, man. And I've, I've been thinking about this for a couple of days now. Like. Um, I think racism is a it's not a systematic problem it, it means that the system is working as designed yeah. and it's hard for me to say that because um, fortunately my family has been like not I'm not like balling out with cash right but they were able to get into a lane right. in their life that helped me to get a path to where I'm not like swimming with the fishes. And that's like, that's like real talk. 
but I still face the same challenges as somebody that makes less money that I have has. What about, I'm sure you've thought of this, but what would your life be like if you had all of the same basic stuff except you were white? It'd be great. I'm just like, because I know some of the challenges that you face because you have shared them with me and because we lived through some of them together in that sense. But right. none of that happens, right? If you're not black. And so I'm going to like, just to give you guys a, like not to butter the toast and like just shove it in your face. Here, real talk. I got, I literally got fired because I'm black. Somebody made a racist comment towards me and because I did not, you know, bend over and take it and I said something, I got fired. And they kept the racist employee. Yep. Thanks thanks, E area. Yep. So it it's just it's like I'm not I'm not confused about where it, like, you know, the cards that are dealt to. No, me. I know. It's just not. And I and it's I wasn't saying that in the hopes of like having you recognize it, but it is more for the audience, right? To uh, to understand yeah. that, like, yes, you individually have done an, I mean, honestly, an amazing job to be in the position that you're in, to be able to provide for your family the way that you do and to have the lifestyle that you do. But you have faced an innumerable amount of challenges that I will never understand or have to go through right. simply because of the color of your skin versus the color of mine. And those are the things that we have to stop paying attention to. Like those are the things it's not, it's not I'm colorblind, right? But it's not the things that we judge people on. It's not that that has nothing to do with the basis of your character or the quality of a person that you are. Like there are shitty ass fucking white people out there. We know that for a fact, there are some shitty ass black people out there, right? I mean, like there's, shitty ass people of every <laughs> kind <Yeah. laughs> of color race creed they all exist right but at the, the end gambit of the gambit is the gambit is long yeah right at the end of the day it's like yo is that helpful and we can't get beyond the fact of of what a white person said or a black person said and it's like you pick and choose your battles i don't think that women should be treated unfairly right but i can also not pretend like Black women or, or non-white, not just black women, right. but non-white women aren't treated unfairly. And the fight is not for them. The fight is for... White women. White women. Yeah. I, I can't say, I can't, both things can't be true. Right. Like, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, look, I hear you. I agree with you. I understand what you're... I'm not saying, like, um, the LGBTQIA community is not being harassed or or, or right. under threat but let's be honest and say that the non-white people in that community are not treated like 20 times more unfairly sure like those are conversations that people they don't have the balls to like just say that no it's i like, mean it was no. one of the things that that dave Chappelle said in his special that i did finally watch that really stood out to me right and it was when he was talking about yeah, you're you're the white gay community is gay until they need to be white. Yep. And at that moment they have no problem exercising their privilege as white people over minorities 
or other or non-whites. Let's just call them non-whites, right? Like that's where he has an issue, right? It's not with the entire LGBTQIA community. It's that y'all got some problems inside that you need to address as well and help all of us come together to have a better understanding of what it really means to be a human and to live as part of this community that we are part of. So to put like to, well, for clarification, so you watched it. Did you get what I was saying when I said like, um, as a white man and it, and I don't know if it's a fair assessment to say this, the savior complex, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm, I'm catching myself in, um, under like my, my understanding of that. I don't think it's a savior complex. It's just like you, you recognize there's a problem, but you have limits based on your experience or based on your perspective. Sure. Is that kind I mean, of... I think we all face that, right? I mean, which is your point ultimately. And Dave's point too, that your experience is a combination of things, right? It's the things that you literally experience face to face every day. It's the information that you consume. But I think like you have to weight those things differently to some degree, right? They don't all carry the same impact internally. Those things that you experience right. firsthand typically have a much greater impact on you than the stories that you read about other people, right? And I think it also says, right, when you see somebody that you care about, right, somebody that you love and care for go through something horrible and unfair and unjust – that hits you so much harder than a news story about basically the exact same thing because For you example, did life like with that you, person. You, you've watched me struggle through like insurmountable things and you saw it like in, you know, for audience, like just context, like there was that, that time I was struggling at work. Like I was not okay. Yeah. And you know, Chris told me one day, he's like, no, I understand. I was like, what? <laughs> Take those words back. Yeah. Oh, crap. What'd I did it again. What'd you do? Damn it. Oh, you unplugged your headphones. I'm a professional. <laughs> I was like, what did he do? Oh, he unplugged his headphones. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, I so, I did. And I used to fall into that trap, right, of of feeling like the the proper thing to say is I I understand. Right. I and because it's you want to say, like, I'm listening. Right. I hear what you're saying. Right. I, I hear that you're going through something. And while I may have no idea what that feels like, I appreciate the fact that you shared it with me and I want to be supportive to you as you go through this. And those are the words that need to come out of our mouths. But instead right. we try to simplify it to, no, I got you, man. It's all good. You know, I, I understand. And you don't. Right. And it took me in that moment and you in that moment saying like, no, you don't, you don't understand. Like you will never, understand. I have to go. I have to go home and tell my wife, this is happening. I have to go home and tell my kids this is happening. I have to go home and like try to figure out how to navigate that. And that's something I will and, never ever have to experience in that situation, right. right? Like I And and that and like And that's okay. I, I, it's okay for me to not understand. I can still be your friend. I can still support yeah. you. I can still love you like a brother, but you know, like 
but words mean something, right? We talk, we, we, we joke sometimes about semantics and I tease you cause you say you don't like to get into semantic arguments and then you turn around and use semantics to make your point. <laughs> but, but they do like words mean something and the words that we right. choose and the words that we use have different impacts. And so that was a, that was a huge learning moment for me, you know, but it wasn't about me. That was the whole thing. Like I came out of that having learned something, but that wasn't the point. The point was that my friend and my brother was still going through something that I will never understand. And, and all I can do is be there to support him through this in whatever way he needs. It's, it's tough. And I, and I, um, and I've, I've wrestled with, um, like how I view race relations in the country. And then like, even more in the last two weeks. Um, I value the people I let in my circle. And I, I often think back of like, it, I guess I want to say this. These things happen. We're not the aggressor, we're the victim. But we can take the victim mentality, right? Yeah. Um, and that's hard to navigate because... Uh, a couple weeks ago, actually about three weeks ago, I was talking to my youngest son and I was thinking back, I was, I was tired. And I'm like, yeah, I, you know, if I was working at company X, things would be easier, but I wouldn't have learned the things I've learned or experienced the things I experienced. And I can't trade one for the other, but it's, it's super simple to become the victim. It really is. And my challenge is not to become the victim. And I'm, I'm not saying that to say that um, we should take these L's on the chin and just keep moving on. Right. But I'm saying that because I know that it gets hard. I know it, it's, it's exhausting. Like I've told you a lot of times, I'm tired. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm literally tired of trying to like do the things I'm trying to do. I'm tired. Like it's that much harder. Um, and for, Anybody that's non-white listening to this, look, I try not to say minority because I don't think that's necessarily the the right word. It's also not going to be true for much longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, truth be told, right? Like the whites versus non-whites, the whites are the minority. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's way more like... non-white people out there than there are <laughs> white folk. Like. I don't know, man. I don't, I, I still like, I look around sometimes and I'm like, how the, did we end up in this position? Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. It's fear. Yeah, it is. It's, it's literally fear. The, the guy that told me something that I hope nobody would ever tell me in my life. He said it out of fear. Yeah. The consequences I have to live with. He um, tried to explain it through fear, right? Like that was yeah. his whole excuse was I, I was I, afraid and therefore I am not responsible for my actions. Welcome to Florida. I, I, I forgive him, you're but Catholic. I don't forget it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, we came full circle with that. <laughs> we came, yeah. Um, I, I would, I would say this to, um, I don't know. I, I look at, I look around and like, um, I, and I think a lot of it has to do with our former president, like the, the intensity of the, 
uh, of the misunderstanding between whites and non-whites is like it's escalated. Yeah, I think it's definitely been amplified for sure. Yeah, the intensity of the misunderstanding between um, right and wrong has been amplified and escalated, um, and intensified. Yes, we can pick as many adjectives as, as, as we need. I realized that I was not adding anything to the conversation <laughs> with my first button, so I thought I'd just double down. But I, I think that the fear I have is is this. Fear is a motivator. It's not inherently good or evil. But if used in the wrong way, it it does amplify fight or flight. And I think that we're defaulting to fight, right? Um, but if you dig into fight, we're not coming up with constructive things that we can do to solve the problem. We're turning against each other. So that's, that's good that we're not defaulting to flight where we just continue to ignore the problems. Yeah. The problem is that we haven't figured out how to be constructive about a solution. Right. In a lot of areas. Well, and I think because um, we're also in some cases taking fighting literally, right? It's like, and, and not fighting to make things better, right? Fighting to improve right. it. It's fighting to preserve what we have. And when I say we, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It, it, which is driven by fear. Again, right? Fear of being displaced. Fear of being replaced. Fear of not being in control anymore. Why do you think people who enjoy white privilege are so, which I know is not a term that we're supposed to use, but because it's the one that everybody's familiar with. I'm going to throw it out there real quick. Why do you think they're so terrified of losing it, right? Because it's the only thing that they know. Because if I don't have that leg up on everybody else, how on earth am I supposed to get ahead? How am I supposed to survive, right? Well, what does that say about you? Well, Make yourself the, better. The capacity, <laughs> like, the, the capacity for like um, understanding, I think, has been diminished. And that's well before Trump. Right. Understanding is like it, it's a basic human need. And we've relegated that to um, what like gain. We've relegated that to capitalism. We, right. We've relegated that to uh, selfishness. We've decided and that I it's that, not profitable. Right. To have empathy. Yeah. Whether it's it's and, financially or, you know, like political clout whatever it is that you're looking for it it's not it's not beneficial to have to understand what other people are going through and to empathize with them oh my one of my my youngest son i talk to him a lot and we we all we actually talk for like two hours at a time it seems like <laughs> it could be its own podcast and i often tell him how much i hate philosophy um the uh mayoral candidate for new york um yeah, the one who. Well, it's no, it's the one running against De Blasio, right? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, Adams. He won. Right. Um, he actually. So I tell I tell my youngest son how much I hate philosophy. He's like, Dad, you're very philosophical. I'm like, Yeah, but I'm I'm super practical. He's like, Yeah, but you're very philosophical at the same time. Uh, Adams made a statement that I I think kind of sums up what I'm what why I push back against philosophy. He said that uh, the Democratic Party is, they're too complicated. They don't speak in plain terms. And I think that a lot of times people think about the theoretical and the academic 
way to solve problems and it gets lost in translation. I agree with that. Like that's part of our problem. That's why fear becomes a motivator that drives us to our fight instinct, but it's not constructive and we make it a us versus them um, ideological conversation or academic conversation or a philosophical like conversation. The real at the, at the end of the day, like I think the easy solve, easy but hard solve is how do I make this better for other people? Right. And if you make it better for other people, you make it better for yourself. Regardless of the loss you may seem you're, you're, you're experiencing, how do you become more selfless? So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where my head's at. It's like, dude, I, 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 for the last at least three years, I've been telling you I'm struggling. I'm struggling with like, you know, not all white people are evil. Yeah, but their their marketing team sucks because every time I see, <laughs> is there an opening on the marketing person... team for white people? Because I'll volunteer. Like, yeah, you guys are going to rehabilitate your the um, the American white people's image. That's my goal. Man, Not really, you no. guys are. You guys I don't are... put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I I think it's it's that simple. It's like how do you become more selfless? Like by helping others, you strengthen yourself. And the Buddhists have that figured out. The Hindus have it figured out. The American Christian, that's like a, that's hmm. uh, not a thing. That's like an oxymoron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be American and Christian. <laughs> I know you can. I just... uh, it's a stretch. It's it hard. Is. But anyway, we've. Man, we didn't get to get to talk about I know, about we didn't get to and some I'm... of the fun stuff, but that's okay. We'll wrap it up and, and keep that stuff for next time. Um, yeah. It's, this it's was super a, this awesome. Was, that... This was a fantastic conversation. I mean, this took us in places that we didn't have on our list, but that that stemmed from those. I mean, this whole last bit of our conversation here was technically under sports, uh, and we got, like, very political, very not sportsy, but it came from a place <laughs> of sports, right? And so... That's part of the reason that I love this podcast personally. I enjoy listening to it, believe it or not, um, because at the end of the day, like, I don't know where we're going to go with this stuff. We have some ideas that we are like, these are stories we've read or that we've shared with each other over the week that we think are really interesting or that we have very strong opinions on that we want to talk about in more depth. And ultimately, it leads us to some really cool places. And I just I don't know. I hope the people that are listening um have gotten as much out of this as I have over the years and just being able to do this. Um, ultimately, I think that's our goal together is to provide some level of benefit for, for people who are listening, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's a matter of like, we talk about these things. Chris keeps me off the ledge and I keep him off the ledge. And um, I, I think a lot of times people are missing the dialogue of, or just the, the, the ability to be comfortable having the conversation. We don't agree on everything. Like, um, this whole NC State BS he keeps State's like, a great school. propagating. You better watch yourself <laughs> or that's going to end up on the soundboard here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, um, there's probably, um, there there's a, 
there is a saying wherever two agree things will happen basically and i'm paraphrasing and some people know where that comes from and i think that these two people chris and andre we agree on a lot of things and we can have the conversation and and find solutions to things that help me to be a better person and hopefully helps him to be a better person and um yeah so we're super glad you joined us um we have a website, chrisandandreshow.com. Uh, you can actually subscribe to our SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Uh, and we have an RSS feed that you can actually link into there and put it into your favorite player. I like Plex. Plex is my joint. Um, yeah. Uh, we're on YouTube. You're probably watching this and you're watching me like, like do stuff and our, our light change during throughout the evening. <laughs> uh, please don't forget to like subscribe and share our content with other people. Hopefully this is a door to help people to like have different conversations. We're not pundits. We're not, this is not our day job, but we're people just like most people that listen to this. No, it's and, very clearly uh, nighttime now. So it's our night job. Yeah. It's our <laughs> night job. <laughs> <laughs> As much as we talk crap about Facebook, you can follow us on Facebook at Chris and Andre. Hey, Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter at Chris Chris and Andre. You can all, always, always, always email us at, email us at uh, comments at chrisandandreshow.com. I am Andre at chrisandandreshow.com. I am and... Chris at chrisandandreshow.com. <laughs> as always, I'm Andre. And I'm and... Chris. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but you love this idiot, so. <laughs>